With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Just say 
tell the Lord yes. Good evening. Welcome to Patricia Adams Live. And I want to thank you all for joining us today. Uh, this is Sunday and March 3rd, 2013. And we have a special guest on with us. And her name is Phyllis T. Forrest. And I will spell her name for you. For those of you who are in the listening audience, it is P H I L L I S. Her middle initial is T. Last name is Forrest. F O R E S T. And she is going to talk to us today about child sexual molestation and awareness for families learning how to protect their children from predators. And the predators that we are speaking of are not the strangers on the streets, but 
those who come around your house every day that you've entrusted your children to that you may not really know, maybe, just might be, wanting to pray on your family. Phyllis T. Forrest, she's a native of Detroit, Michigan. She has raised two daughters and she has three grandchildren. Uh, Phyllis used to be a hairstylist in Oak Park, Michigan. She now resides in Nashville. She is pursuing her new passions as an author. And she has published Through a Child's Eyes, and she has self-published this book. And her objective is to educate and bring awareness to society about child sexual predators that anyone raising a child may unintentionally bring into their life. We want to welcome Phyllis to the show today and thank her for taking the time out of her busy schedule to talk to us on Patricia Adams Live. Good evening, Phyllis. How are you? Hi. How are you? Good, good, good. I thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, If you would like to give out your website information, your book site, or how people can get in touch with you uh, prior to us going into the interview, that would be awesome. Okay. um, I have a a website, uh, Through a Child's Eyes website. It is www.throughachildseyes. 290611.com, and my book can also be purchased on that website if you would like an autographed copy. But other than that, you can go to Amazon.com to purchase my book, um, printed copy via um, e-reader. Um, anything else as far as my website is concerned, you can actually have conversations with me. I do have a talk to the author. I have a review for anyone who wants to make a review on the book, and I do also have um, a blog on there where that I post blogs on as far as giving information at um, certain periods of times about child sexual predators. Okay, that's great. Would you give out the website again? www.throughachildseyes290611.com. Okay, and that's through spelled out, right? Yes. Okay, so www.throughachildseyes.com. Yes. Yes. Okay, and the number on the end of that is 290611.com. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, um, again, I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come and talk to us on Patricia Adams Live. Um, I came up on your information, and I thought I really want to interview her, really want to talk to her, and see what I can do to help spread her message, and I'm so glad that you accepted my invitation. You are so welcome, and I appreciate all your support. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, um, I want to know, uh, when did you decide to write your story? I decided to write my story when I came out of my nightmare at the age of 21. But I lacked the life experience and the maturity at the time to write it. So it took me maybe another 20-something years to decide to actually have the patience to pin the book on the level in which I, I told it. Um, I once I, I it was really like um, therapeutic for me because once the smoke cleared for me, I realized that 
I didn't actually see my story as normally as a person would have saw it as far as all the damage and um, the actual horrific actions that were taken against me. Once the smoke cleared for me, I realized that I had actually tapped into his manipulation, that I actually saw exactly what he did and exactly how he done it. So at that time, I'm glad that I didn't write it at the age of 21 because I didn't really know enough about life to be able to pin the book the way that I did. But at this age, I was able to actually see it and tell it and also be able to show exactly what happens to a child when he, they are being manipulated by a sexual predator. Okay, that's great, that's great, that's great. Um, you know, when you say he, you're talking about the individual who preyed on you, but that individual not only just preyed on you, is that correct? No, no, actually... Um, I had three sisters and a brother. I mean, I had two sisters and a brother, and he molested all all four of us. And not only that, it was three other families that he was manipulating all at the same time. And I would say at that time it probably was about 11 children that he was molesting all at the same time. Wow. It, it wow. was four families all together. Now, it's just not those particular families. I'm talking about at the at the time that I was around, those were the families, but it was other kids after that also. So I, I can't even tell you the amount of kids all at the same time that he was molesting, but definitely I knew about the four families that was in my circle and the children that was in my circle. Right, right. So what is it that you expect to accomplish I would, like to, um, I would like to educate anyone who is raising a child and, and bringing awareness about the kind of predators that walk among, amongst us. Uh, mothers need to understand that every time that they bring someone in their circle, that people, that person may have manipulation on their mind. I want especially single mothers to realize that every time a man approach you and try to date you, it may not necessarily be about you. He may have already spotted your child, waited to see who her mom was, and then approached her. I want them to understand that it's not always about you, that sometimes that they, are already, they have already stalked and watched and plan on praying on you. It's the, so I really singled, singled out, I really focused on single mothers, because they are the most vulnerable, because men could come into their lives with different titles. Um, they could come in as someone who they are interest, uh, intimate interest, or they can come in as someone who's just coming in as a father figure because maybe that particular mother didn't have a father figure or a father figure for her son. Or it could just be handyman services or mechanical needs it's some kind of way to um, to restore some kind of rapport with her. Yeah, I, I'm I'm being silent uh, for just a <laughs> minute because that is um, something that a lot of people find difficult to believe. I won't say everybody, but a lot of people find that difficult to believe. I don't have a problem believing it. Mm-hmm. Because of my life, my story. But if anything 
gets said, anything gets heard while we're live on the air, when we go off the air, um, at any point, women, please listen to what she just said. And and I just want to throw this one thing in here again. This is this is a man preying on innocent children, ready under the guise of trying to befriend the mother. And a mother thinking, well, you know, this guy is interested in me, but in reality, he's really interested in your children. Yes. But I, now, I, I also want to add this because, and, and I know this isn't something that maybe you've experienced or something that you were talking about, but I want to add this at this point since we brought this subject up. It doesn't always have to be a man. There are women out there who will do the same thing because that spirit doesn't care whether it's a male or a female that it uses. It will use a man or a woman. So single moms, there could be a woman in your life that's coming up to you saying, you know, I'll help you, you know, I'll have a little groceries here, help you with some child care, I'll babysit for you, um, you know, I'll run you on errands or wherever, I'll pick up your kids after school. Well, you know, this is a woman, so you aren't really suspicious of that. And especially maybe they have children of their own, but please hear the heart of this conversation. It's time for us to wake up as women. And, you know, even though, like Phyllis, you're saying single moms and stuff like that, they really prey on single moms, but they prey on the vulnerable. You could be a married woman and maybe your husband works a lot of hours and this person sees that and notices that, and so they just kind of offer to help chip in, male or female, um, and this goes out to the men because men, you know, you could have a woman who could be trying to get close to you and maybe really after your son or your daughter. So I really just kind of want to open this up um, because the more that I, I hear what you're saying, it, it brings back a lot of things for me. And I want uh, the audience to know that this is her story. And she's telling you what happened to her, her siblings, um, through the manipulation of her mother and her entire family. But I'm adding on that this same scenario can happen to men, through other women or men who are just, you know, wanting to be your road dog and, you know, come over to your house, kick it, and, and have your kids call them, you know, uncle this and uncle that. And in reality, he's trying to groom your family to take it on a whole different trip. So parents, be alert of who you have in your family. And the other thing is is that they are very patient, are they not? Yes, yes, very, very They are very patient. And when I say patient, it can be years. They can can just do nothing for years, and then all of a sudden – when you're vulnerable and you trusted them with everything that there is that you can trust them with, that's when they will pounce. Yes, so, yes that is true. But not only that, um, they also have the patience over a period of time, because my situation was 14 years, where they have the patience to actually groom you over a certain period of years also. Um, this is one thing that I wanted to say. 
Um, as far as my mom was concerned, this was no one who was an intimate interest of hers. He was not interested in her at, at no level. Um, he did not even befriend her that way. He actually watched and stalked and prayed on her with the intentions of getting close to her children. So I don't want women to always think that it's someone who is approaching you also. This person was not interested in my mother at all. So, no, he was not a boyfriend. He was not a husband, any of that. He was just someone who befriended my mother and gave her help where she needed it, and he was a young guy. It wasn't an older man. He was only 19 years old at the time when he came into my life. So they come in all types of ages, shapes, forms, in all types of fashions. Another thing that I wanted to mention also was that we naturally assume that they all look one way, that they're right. um, a fat white man with a dirty trench coat on hiding in the bush, bushes waiting to snatch our children, and it's not that way. This was a young 19-year-old man who was, Handsome, um, he dressed very nicely, dressed pants, white shirts, dress shoes, always had a Bible in his hand, could quote any scripture, really wow. cut. So he did not look, and, and on, because of that, with my mother being a little older than him, she looked at him as a child um, because she was like maybe in her mid or late 20s. So with him being 19, she looked at him as a child, like just a little young man. So that was it. Was a lot of his manipulation was had a lot to do with the way that he looked, the way that he carried himself, always talking about the church and God and things like that, where she was just totally oblivious to who he was. But not only that, I would like to also say that I I do it is important for people to realize that. Um, sexual molesters come in all um, all genders. I didn't speak it on it in my book, particularly in my story, because I really don't know anything about that, and that is something that's becoming prevalent at this time of age. Because even back in this the time in which I'm telling my story, they didn't talk about sexual molestation at all. Your parents didn't talk to you about good touches and bad touches. The rules were: if an adult told you to do something, you did it. And if not, there was repercussions behind it. So my problem was then that it was never talked to me um, and it was never told for me to watch out for these things. And you did not hear it on the news and there wasn't shows about it and you didn't have Oprah and, you know, shows like that. And it didn't come in newspaper articles and magazine articles that I had no idea. So my situation was I didn't even know to tell it. Only thing I knew to tell was what I was upset about, and that was when my mom would leave home and she would say that we could go out of outside because he was there. As soon as my mother was gone for a minute, he would make me come into the house. And that was what I was expressing to my mom, that every time when she left, she would he would make me come in the house. But one of the things that I, I would like to say is the reason why, and I, I admit this could happen to anyone in any situation. But the reason why that I mostly focused on single mothers was because that was what she prayed on. He purposely right. on women who did not have men 
in their circle. And the reason why you mentioned earlier that sometimes it could be a, a situation where the husband works all the time and things like that. Well, I'm not going to say that that doesn't happen, but men does not men do not realize how much their pre- their presence is protection for their children. Because exactly. that a man knows that a, another man could tell what he's about. So mostly when there is a man in the circle, whether it's your brother, um, whether it's an uncle, or it's the fact that you are married or you have a boyfriend, most of the time they will not, and I know in his case, he did not approach women who had men in their cir- his circle because they would see right through him. A man's yeah. presence on his own is protection. So he did not go after married women, women who had live-in boyfriends, women who had a lot of brothers, um, women that had men in a circle. He didn't go after women like that. He went strictly after women who didn't have any men in their circle at all. Right. Most, the most vulnerable. The most vulnerable, the most vulnerable would be because they would, he would not have a man around. Now, I'm not going to say that totally there wasn't any man around, but there were situations where the other mothers, not particularly my mother, but the other mothers, had boyfriends, and he ran them away um, when um, because he, he was really, like, really playing his game of manipulation um, when the men did bring to the mothers that this guy was creepy, he was up to something, um, because the mothers were was not thinking because sometimes silence is necessary. It's not for you to tell everything. When they would go back, and tell him, the predator, what they would say. He would yes. flip it. He would flip it around on them, and ask, "Well, why is he worried about your child?" And maybe he's blaming that on me because that's what he's thinking. And then he yes. would put it in the woman's mind that her boyfriend is looking yes. at her child, and that would make yes. her get rid of her boyfriend. And right. it was because they brought to yes. her attention about him. So he he, right. he, he, uh, he he was, like I said, very, very manipulative, very, very patient. He knew exactly what he was doing. Okay. Um, so what would you like for your readers to mainly focus on um, in your message? My main focus of my book um, is my structured rules and guidelines. The whole purpose of writing my book was to get some type of um, mental order to find some type of solution to start minimizing this problem that haunted our society for generations. Um, we, can, we can't change who people are, but we can change the way we do things as people. We don't pretend to have a – I don't pretend to have a snapshot of what a predator looks like. That's not even what I'm trying to do. What I am trying to do is have structured rules and guidelines of when you bring an individual into your circle, that your kids act accordingly. Um, when I was growing up before, my mom had, did have rules and guidelines in, in, you know, in place for, to protect us. But for some reason with this particular individual, she broke all of them. And because back at one time, if she had company, we were to either go outside or in our room and leave grown folks to grown folks' business. But right. for some reason, she broke that situation. So it was she could have friends, 
and she could even have a boyfriend. But we didn't know him very, very well. We spoke, and then we went to our designated areas. So uh, a lot of things that I bring bring up as far as my structure rules and guidelines are things that you should do as a mother to make sure that you keep a level of separation between the adults in your life and your children. Um, That's what, that's not, you know, that's, so my book is not trying to tell anybody what they look like because now, nowadays we have uh, police officers and ministers. So they don't have a certain look. They don't have a certain look. It's that I think that you should carry your, yourself and how you handle the relationship with your kids a certain way. You all should, it should always, it should be some type of silent conversation between you and that person that they actually see that lets them know that your child is covered, that you have a great deal of protection over them. Right. So can you, like, pick out one of your rules and explain it to the audience? Yes. Um, One rule that I have is never give anyone permission to discipline your child. The reason for this is because when you give them discipline, when you give them the power to discipline your child, you have just given them too much power. They can take your words and use them against you. They can take that action and use it against your child. In my situation, my mom allowed him to discipline me, and one of the things that she would say is, if I found if I find out that he had to thank you for anything that you had done wrong, then when I came home, you would get another spanking. And another thing that she would say is, if he tells you to do something, you do it. So in the instance when he would call me into the house and I would have an attitude because I wanted to stay outside and play, and then he would want to kiss and touch, and I would be combative about it, he would use my mother's words against her and say, your mother said, do what I tell you to do. So you understand how he used that to manipulate right. me exactly. and use my mom to gain control of me? Right. right. And that was, that was his purpose all along. So you do not give anyone permission to discipline your child or reprimand your child. You handle all the discipline when it comes to your children because you never okay. know how that is being used against you. Well, we're almost um, midpoint of the show, Phyllis, and I want to ask you, um, we have some callers and want to know if you want to go to the phone lines or if you want to continue um, discussing. Oh, yeah, I I, I love to talk to the audience. Okay. All right, let me go to uh, caller 586. Okay. Okay, caller 586, uh, do you have any questions or comments for our guest, Phyllis? Caller 586. Okay. Hello. Lost them. I lost them. Lost them. I think they just wanted to listen. Let me okay. try caller 620. Caller 620, do you have any questions or comments for our guest, Phyllis Forrest? I believe, if I, I'm not sure if you can hear me. Yes. Okay. Yes. Hi, Phyllis. Phyllis, this is Leslie. I'm fine. Phyllis, um, this is Leslie, and I was just calling to ask you, would you recommend nanny camps? Those that do have small children in their home and they may have a a male counterpart that comes over frequently. 
Yes. You know, in this time of day, some things is not necessary anymore. I mean, they have all this technology and this um, surveillance, and I am not telling you anybody who comes into your life to automatically, uh, you know, accuse them or something like this. But I just feel like that if you handle things a certain way um, and make a certain, um, like I say, a silent conversation where they can see that you have a rapport with your child. But not only that, just to be on the safe side, if it was me, I'd have surveillance in my house that he has no idea about. Especially right. if this is someone who you are getting very personable with, if this is someone where you guys are planning a, a future, um, that you guys are planning on getting married, it's, it's never a bad idea. It's better it's better be safe than sorry. So, yes, it is definitely. That I, have, I have thought about that because I really feel like in this day and time with all this surveillance and technology, there is, is no reason to not have eyes everywhere. So, yes, I would definitely do something like that if I was just to be sure, just to be safe, just because of the fact that you can't be around your child all the time. And like I say, you may decide to marry this man. Just to be on the safe side, yes, I, I definitely would do it. <laughs> I definitely would do it. That is a I great thing. I was thinking I also had a comment back um, when my children were young, uh, my boys, I've had the three boys, and the teachers would, uh, and one teacher in particular would always take the kids on outings, and he would take them to places like the beach, and he would take pictures of where they were or of the outing, and I noticed a couple of pictures were in his home, in his basement, where he had toys and all these things for the kids. And I, I remember telling my son, uh, you won't be able to go on any more outings, and he was quite upset, but he didn't understand that even though this person is nice to you, I don't want you to get comfortable with strangers to the point where you think all of them are nice. Because right. some people do right. have ulterior motives. Was I think this he understands thing? now, though. Was Pardon this me? a thing Was this... A six, was, sorry. Yes, was it was he a single man man, no children, no wife? Yeah. Right. Big red school. He was an elementary school teacher. Big red flag. Very, very big red flag. One thing about uh sexual predators, uh pedophiles, is that they always have anything that will attract a child. Um toys. Uh, it, any, any, like in, like when you go to their house, it's too much recreation or recreational equipment for him to be a single man, and he has no kids, and all the things that he have around for children, that is to attract children. Nowadays, they have the Playstations and the Xbox and all the games and everything like that. If I, I am very suspicious of a single man that has no children and has no wife who wants to spend too much time with a child because on the regular, you know you can't even get a man and his his children to spend time right. with his children. So now you have a man that all he does is have children around him all the time. He's not trying to date no woman because this individual that was in my life, he was in my life for 14 years. And like I said, it was four families. And not one time had he ever brought a woman around and introduced a girlfriend or anything. All he had was kids. He always wanted them to spend the night. 
and things like that. All he had was kids with him. And it surprised me because now as a grown woman, I'm thinking to myself, none of these mothers ever thought to ask him where is his woman, where is his girlfriend. That didn't throw up a red flag to any of them. He never had a girlfriend. All he had was children with him every time. So okay, that, one other question. I, you know, I, I, to, I totally do not recommend. I have grandchildren myself, and even when they're boys, because now boys are being molested as, as much as girls. And I, I have grandchildren, and my grandchildren can't go anywhere with anybody. I know back in the day we used to go over our teachers' home, um, houses and things like that because one of my biggest rules is allowing too much access to your children. You do not allow your kids to go anywhere with anybody. It's, and I want to say unless they're a family member, but we do know that family members molest also, but sometimes you have to walk on faith on some period. So you try to keep them as close to you as possible. But strangers, teachers, coaches, things like that, it is not necessary for my child to go anywhere with you. I can buy him pizza myself. <laughs> That's the way Thank I feel you, about sis. it. Thank you so much uh, for your question and your comment. And thank you for uh, listening to the broadcast. And I hope that you will continue to listen to us. We have um, about another couple, of, um, about another hour. So I mm-hmm. hope you'll stay with us. And if you can't, um, please come back and listen to the podcast. It'll be on the show page, okay? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to go so to the next caller. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Caller 586. Hello. Hi. Do you have any questions or comments for Phyllis? Uh, no. no Hello? Yes. yes. Okay. How you doing, Phyllis? I'm doing great. How are you? Do you know who this is? Hello? No. I think so, but I don't want to call a name, no. <laughs> you know who this is, though. I was in that circle with you, but I don't, I don't want to give out you know, any comments. I didn't but, want to call the name. Okay. I didn't want to call the name. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But um, I'm glad to hear your voice, um, but I just want to say everything that you and I've heard I'm glad that you are open and uh, giving out a good understanding of what to expect as you was uh, uh, saying about the predators and pedophiles. So that's just my comment. I don't want to go any further with that, but uh, just give me a call later on. And All right? Okay, thank you so much. Thank you so um, much. Thank um, you. I appreciate well. you. Thank you for um, chiming in. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Patricia, before you, um, let me say something. That individual just that just called, I don't know if anybody understood, but she was one of the characters, one of the mothers in my book. Right. Right. So oh, I, I got that. Want to, yeah. So the audience yeah. may not have, but I did, yeah. That's yeah. why I didn't want to cut that yeah. any further. Okay. Mothers in my book. I appreciate her call so much because yeah. I have to say that I did not know how the other individuals in my story, even though I did protect them, was going to take to my book. And I have right. to admit that I have talked to two of the um, two of the mothers that was in my book and a couple of the 
victims that was also in my nightmare, and they have been so supportive of what I have done. Right. And I, I right. really, really appreciate all of their support and all their love. That's I just awesome. wanted to, and in case the, the in case the um, the audience missed it, I wanted them to realize that that was one of the moms in my book. That's awesome. I'm glad that she um, did say what she said, and I think that that goes a long way. Okay, we have another caller, and I'm going to go to that line. Okay, okay. just a second. So zero four, you're on the air. Would you have a question for Phyllis Forrest? Four zero four, you on the air. Do you have a question for Phyllis Forrest or a comment? Okay. Thank you for tuning into the broadcast and I will put you back on hold. Thank you. All right, Phyllis. Um let's go to um some more questions, okay? Um, given the fact that a mother that was in the circle of uh, children that this individual played on just mm-hmm. called in, what chapter of your book do you have a conversation with mothers and try to uh, convey the points that you're trying to get across to them about how to um, watch out and keep their children safe? Okay, um, once I complete my book, and um, it's more so so towards the end when I have told the whole story because it's easier for me to now have this conversation with the mothers because now they see the story full circle. So in my book, um, it's, it's after I told the whole story, and it starts like on page 182 um, where I actually have, the conversation with the moms because it's things that I want to make sure that they are clear on once they finish reading my book as far as um, the reason why your child is um, uh, easily manipulated. I mean, of course, we already know one of the things is because they're young and they have no life experience. But part of the reason also is because they they are not knowledgeable. And I really resent when we have a, a mother who's, who would say, well, they should have known to tell me or um, they should have told me or you knew you should have told me. One thing it is is that children do not put the same importance on things the way that we do. Like I said, in my situation, I did not know or ever told my mother about him um, kissing and hugging and touching and rubbing on me. I was upset because I wanted to go outside. I wanted to stay outside and play with my friends. So that was priority to me, not the touching and the rubbing and the feeling. You know, it was the point that I wanted to stay outside with my friends and play, When and she said that I could, and he would bring me into the house. But now one of the things that I want to bring um, to your attention also was, in a way, that was still me telling. Because my mom should have questioned why every time she leaves the house after she said, yes, I could go outside, why would she bring me? in the house every time. She should have questioned that because in my own little way I was telling, and as a, a an adult with life experience, that should have threw up a red flag to her. And even if it was a point that she wasn't thinking anything like that, for her to have just put her foot down and say, well, you know what, from now on, when I leave the house, I don't care what she does, you leave her outside, and if you have a problem with her, 
Then when I get home, you let me know. Just little bitty things like that would have eliminated this whole book. Mm-hmm. You, understand? Okay. you understand what I'm saying? See, yeah, I, yeah. Um, trust me, more than you realize. Um, okay, so I want to make sure you I'm following. So how would um, you tell a mom to handle this kind of a situation or a father to handle this kind of a situation? Um, if her t- child has been touched or b- before then. Okay, inform the authorities. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. I, I didn't understand. Okay, can you can you repeat your um your comment? Well, so no, how would you I'm, tell I'm a mother? You, are, are you, you were saying asking me if how would I tell a parent to handle a situation like that? Are you saying if the situation is brought to them that their child is telling them that they have been touched by someone? You know, sometimes sometimes other people see things and may come and with a word of warning to a parent. Um, some things that they may notice different about the child. It may not always be the child because, like in your case, you know, you were you were saying you were sending verbal signals, but you weren't flat out saying why. Do you know what I'm saying? And so you were hoping that your mom would pick up on the cues, but she didn't pick up on those cues. So somebody else who may be saying, "Hey, you know, I noticed something different." Say, for instance, the neighbor says, "You know, normally." So this is outside playing with my kid. You know, why is she not outside playing with my kid and he's in the house? So maybe that neighbor would come to that, you know, to your mom or to that mom and say, you know what, um, when you're at work or, or away from the house or whatever, mm-hmm. I noticed that the pattern for your child changes, but it used to be that she could come outside and play or, you know, her mm-hmm. feelings or whatever. Have you changed those rules? So what? What can you say to someone, it may not be just the child, but what can you say to a concerned person that may be noticing things and, you know, in this day and age, everybody wants to just mind their own business. But we really need to do the way um, in the past. If if your neighbor saw you doing something you weren't supposed to do, you were going to get told on. Right. Right. So um, I think we need to go back in some form or another to the part where we look out for each other. Right. So um, if you're in a neighbor and a neighborhood and you see a child that you believe might be being grown, um, you should speak up. You should say right. something to that mother. And, and even if you run the risk of that mother going um, against you or whatever, at least do your part. At least do your part because at least you said something, and if nothing comes out of that, then that's on the mom. But if you if you have the ability to say something to somebody, then why not? And if you don't want to do it in person, you know you can send an anonymous note, you know, uh, put a right. note in the door or something. But do something. Um, so um, I'm just, you know, what would you say to to them? Right. Um. Well, that takes me back to um, the beginning of the book where um, when I first started off with um, the structure rules and guidelines as far as uh, how a mother should handle a situation when they bring anyone into their circle because it's things that you should be paying attention to. And and because I consider the beginning of my book the preventative. Because um, one, one of the things that I tell you is 
you should always pay attention to the person that comes right in being too friendly with your child. If they're if the whole point of when when you guys met was to be your friend, and I don't mean just the common just acknowledgement of the fact that you have kids and hello or things like that, but someone who really wants to be too friendly with them, um, they rather stay outside playing with them instead of coming in the house talking to you and you are the adult, you should pay attention to that. Um, Another thing that happened to me and one of my other rules were never allow anyone to label your child inappropriately. When he came into my life, day one, he called me his little girlfriend. That should have not been allowed because what he did was he took it literally. He actually made me his girlfriend at seven years old, and I was, I it was for me to act in a manner how you would treat your boyfriend, and that was to acknowledge him when he comes over, sit up under him, things like that. So he took it literally. And another thing is, too, it made me feel obligated. So that was that's one of my rules as far as letting someone label your child inappropriately. You should not allow something like that to happen. She is a child. She does not have a boyfriend, and you should make that clear to the adult. And these are things that women should come, you know, should comment on when it's when it's going on. She should know she does not have a, a boyfriend. She's seven years old, so you're going to have to be her uncle or someone because that's not. That's not, not even true. that. Not even that. Not not even uncle. Not, not even, not even that. that. But you're your friend, yeah. or, or if that's the case. Um, I already right. talked about. Yeah. Right, I already talked about allowing someone to um, discipline your child. Um, and my biggest, one of my biggest rules, and I think that it's the biggest rule that I have, it would eliminate everything, is allowing access to your child. No one should have your child to the level that you have no idea the relationship between them. You should always monitor a relationship between your child and an adult. You know, should know everything that is said and everything that is done. And another another rule that I also have is no one should be allowed to give your child anything. Your child should not be able to accept presents and money and candy and things like that from anyone because, for one, that is part of their manipulation is to smooth your child and get them to like them and even love them or because they're being very nice to them. Not only that, it can also be used as bribery to get them to do to um get them to do what they want them to do. And it also could be used as a reward for their their silence. Um I don't know what age range you're in, but remember back in the day when someone wanted to give you something, you looked up at your mom and got it okay and then you could accept it. And that's no one should be allowed to give your child anything without your knowledge. Um, and I'm glad that you mentioned earlier as far as uh, when someone is trying to tell you something. That's another one of my rules. Pay, pay, listen to the people in your circle. They see things totally different from you because when you're in the drama, you don't see anything as clearly as they see it. So when someone, in my instance, it, there was people asking my mom, who is this man? Why is he always around? Why does he always have her with him? He's paying her too much attention for him to be an adult and for her to be a child. 
Now, I'm going to tell you something that's, that's the only thing that's wrong with that. There's not anything wrong with it, but I'm going to tell you what happens with that, what happened in my situation and all the other situations that was in my circle. The problem is, is that, and the reason why people have a problem with, like everybody wants to mind their own business, it is because the mother gets combative with them. Right. The mother gets mad at the messenger. And then what happens after that is my aunt was the person who came to my mother. And what happened after that was when my mom treated her like that, then she was reluctant to say anything else. And then also what happened after that was because she didn't want to be around him, she stopped coming around. And then she didn't talk to my mother anymore because she got tired of her stinky attitude. So what he did now was he ran everybody away because they didn't Mm -hmm. like him, and my mother was protecting him, and now he had us completely isolated where no one could see anything. So, So if you're following me, you are seeing exactly what he did. And it all exactly. works. These are, these are the things that he set in the place. And my mother don't even realize that she was part of his whole manipulation. Because the bottom line was the last word was him. I mean, the last word was my mom. So once he got her on board with him and he she was backing him, then he had all the control after a while. After a while, it wasn't even about what my mother said anymore. It was about what he said, and that's the way that we saw it. So we started looking at it like he was the one with all the power, and my mother was helpless. So we stopped listening to my mother overall and started listening to him. Right. And my mother, she didn't even see it. She she just really gave, she gave him way, way too much power, and she didn't even realize that she had even did that. And then another thing that I'll, uh, another rule that I have in my book also is pay attention to the person who's sitting without one child. Because one of my mother's rules was if we did go somewhere with some, um, someone, somewhere with someone, all of us had to go. Most of the time we use that oldest child as our ears and our eyes because they're older than the youngest one and they pay more attention. So they will report mm-hmm. back to you things that didn't look right to them. Right. After, and in my situation, when he started coming to get all four of us, then he started leaving my two older sisters and would only take me and my brother. And then after a while, he stopped coming to get my brother and he just started coming to get me. And he did it so gradually that it no one even noticed. Right. Right. And then it also got to the point where my oldest sister, because now at the time when I was telling you about the incidents and him always trying to make me come in the house, I'm 10, and she's 14. And now she's noticing things. She has a problem with it. And she noticed that he always made me come in the house. So what she would do was when he would make me come in the house, she would come in the house. Right. And then he would get mad and make her go back outside. So when... Right. And then when my mom, when we did have the altercation, and I, and I finally told my mother, my my sister came in and chimed in and said, you know, mom, he does make her come in the house every time. And she and he would say, well, she was acting up, and she would say, mom, she wasn't doing anything. And then my mother would turn around on her and tell her to stay in a child's place, that right. when you go back outside, you're going to have to stay in the house. So now she right. has, her ears and eyes that she had are now gone. She blinded herself. Right. She blinded right. herself. 
Right. So it's like, it's, it's but then he isolated you guys, and then basically she transferred the power over to him and left herself powerless. But at the same time, um, just 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 to throw this in here is that because having like four children and then here's somebody that's coming in and taking responsibility to help you with your four kids, she probably mm-hmm. felt like a load had been lifted off of her. Right, you know? oh, definitely because of anyone who has read my and book. That's what, my that, was his, that was his plan. Right, my, my that mom. That was his plan um, to make her feel like he had done her a favor. Right, and and my mom, um, she either, uh, she always had a job, and she either went to, had a job or and went to school, or she always had two jobs. So, yes. It is a situation where he did come and lift a burden off of her because now she could work and not really worry about us because she felt like she yeah. had an adult there yeah, with built her. in child care. Exactly. 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 Yeah, child care, child care exactly. was expensive then, it's expensive now. So um yeah. You know, so uh, women that's another thing that you really need to pay attention to. Sometimes forking out the money to put your child in a qualified child care facility is worth it for the peace of mind, okay? So now, I'm really not concerned about your educational background, okay? I'm really, really not. I am, I am not a arts and letters uh, kind of person. You didn't, you know, I didn't ever ask you about your credentials or anything for being on the show. I simply wanted to talk to you, and I wanted to help you get your message out, okay? So this next uh, question that I'm going to ask you is for the listening audience who might want to know uh, what your credentials are. So, tell us about your education. Um, I would like everyone to have. Right. I, I would like everyone that to know education that I didn't, I didn't go to a traditional look for. Excuse me? Do you have that educational background that people look for in order to talk about something of this nature? Um, no. I, I have no textbook experience whatsoever. And, and that's only because, um, and I say that because, when when you're talking about education and things that you're taught, that's all textbooks. Um, I didn't go to exactly. a traditional school for uh, my knowledge. I went to Life Experience University. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the way I look at it. I got my bachelor's that's at exactly. back and my master's in not letting my abuser win. And, you know, and I earned all the information that I have, and I'm sta- I stand here before you, and I'm unbreakable. All my experience, everything that I talk about is life experience. I spent 14 years with a child sexual predator and no textbook, no classroom, no teacher to ever teach that. And that is where all my experience came from is being with him for 14 years and, and that in so many ways being groomed by him. My information is all firsthand. And I want to thank you for that because um, as more people hear situations like this where people who have survived it, because a lot of people don't survive these kinds of things, um, you know, they may survive it physically, but they may not survive it mentally. Um, they may survive it physically, but they may not survive it emotionally. So I just, you know, again, want to take the time out to thank you for taking the time to come on Patricia Adams Live and talk about this. And I'm hoping that 
in this, as we talked about at the beginning of the show, is that this will set somebody free. It may, you know, obviously it may not set everybody free, be it the mom, be it the children, be it our children who have been molested and you, you're grown now and you still haven't gotten over or free from what happened to you. I hope that this broadcast uh, message today will free you up, spirit, soul, mind, and body, to know that you are not alone, to know that you too can make it, to know that you too can change your tomorrow. You can't change the past, but you can change your tomorrow by simply deciding that you have already had enough and you want to be free. So it, it sounds simple, but all you have to do is have a heart decision with yourself. Make up in your mind, um, no matter how painful it is, is that in order to get past something, you have to face it. And, and that's the hardest thing um, to do. And I'm not going to tell you that that's easy, but the way out is to turn around and face it. Because the thing that's been chasing you all your life, it's now time for you to turn around and chase it. So that's what I am saying to Phyllis is that the thing that had her captive, the thing that held her siblings captive, the thing that held her mom captive, whether she realizes it or not um, at this point, but that thing, God has allowed Phyllis T. Forrest to vocalize this and what used to chase her as a child, she is now chasing. And that is the power that will come to you. When you turn around, it's not about who believes your story. It's not about, well, you, you have other brothers and sisters and this didn't happen to them and so nobody believes you. If this is your story or your story is anything similar to this, it is what your story you're not trying to tell somebody else's story. You, so not once have you tried to explain how your sisters, how your brothers, or anything have been totally affected by this or how this is your story. So whether your siblings experienced this exactly the way you experienced it, that's not the issue. This is your story. So I'm saying to the listening audience is that we want to empower you today to tell your story. It may shake up your family. It may shake up some other things. But the one thing is that when that person comes, and if you're listening and this hasn't happened to you, if somebody in your family comes to you and tells you that something like this has happened to them, don't call them a liar. Just because it didn't happen to you doesn't mean that it did not happen. These, these kinds of things really people just don't normally. I say normally, normally and the presence of their right mind and everything, go around making up stories like this. Maybe sure. your favorite uncle, somebody may come and say, you know, uncle so-and-so, ain't so-and-so did this, that, or whatever. You know, they never did that to me. You're a liar. Hello. Did you hear her story? He isolated her. He started grooming the whole family in order to get to just this one child. He divided and conquered this family. He isolated them. So her experience, somebody came on the line and said, I was in your circle. I validating what you said. 
So all I want you to know is, is that if you are going through this kind of abuse, Phyllis, what would you say to them? The first thing that I would I always say is don't own the pain. Don't don't not take responsibility for the situation that you were put in. You were put in that situation because you were not protected. You were put in that situation because a person who came who came into your life that was who he was and you had no control over the situation. You put the blame where the blame goes. You do not own the pain. Um, and you do whatever is necessary for you to get past the situation, no matter how many, uh, how anybody has a problem with it. If you feel like you really need um, counseling, if you need therapy, then you should go. You should cry about it until you all cry it out. You should talk about it until you all talk out. You should do whatever it takes for you to get past however you feel about it. And another thing I will always tell anybody, do not torture yourself with questions that you will never get answers for. And even even if you you did get answers, there's no no excuse for this. Nobody could ever give me, he could never give me a, a good enough answer for what he did to me. So for me to even ask that question, and even for him to even try to come up with an answer, it ain't gonna, it's not going to do anything but make me mad anyway. So it doesn't – the reason why is because it was you were unprotected and it was who he was. Because I had other men that my mom had in our circle before we met him. Four other guys who was in my circle, just friends of hers, and were around for years, and none of them ever touched any of us. And then the one bad apple she let into our circle was the one. So it didn't have anything to do with the fact that he was a man. It had to do with the fact that he was a pedophile. So my my biggest the biggest thing what I would tell anybody is don't you own the pain. Let it go. Find some kind of way to get past it and let it go. Okay, so having the ability to tell your story, whether your family, your immediate family is ready to hear your story or not, if you have a story to tell, there is a place to tell your story. Um, There's a lot of online, um, the national associations that are listed out there for child abuse, national association for those who have been uh, raped, for those who have um, experienced any type of abuse, there are national hotlines out there. Avail yourself of them, even if this happened to you 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 45, 50 years ago. You need to talk about it. These hotlines are out there, and if for any reason they feel like you are a danger to yourself or to anybody else, they will refer you to uh, places that can give you the help that you need. Don't suffer in silence. Don't suffer in silence. Um, Doesn't matter um, how old the pain is, how old the injury is, you must give it a voice. You must give it a voice. So, um, additionally, is that what would you tell anyone that has experienced this type of abuse. I mean, what 
what would you want them to know? And I think you kind of, you know, talked about it some, but um, for the most yeah. part, you know, because um, at the time I thought that um, th- that is what you had asked me, but you were asking me about, um, since I answered that question already, um, as far as anyone who has experienced the, uh, that type of abuse, I thought that's what you were asking me. But I, you were asking me what would I tell anyone who was going through it right okay. now, and I, mean, I, I might as well answer that question now because I already okay. answered the other one. Um, anybody who's going through it right now, I would tell them to tell it. Okay, while um, Phyllis is coming back on the line, I just um, had asked her, what would you say to anyone that's going through this kind of abuse? And then oh. I also asked her, uh, what would you tell anyone that has experienced this type of abuse? So, I mean, the questions are kind of like similar, but they're not. So she's going to ask, um, I'm going to ask her the question of what would you say to someone who is going through this kind of abuse? Right. Okay. Um, I would say tell it. I would tell it to anyone who would at least keep um, who who would listen, and I would keep telling it until somebody did something about it. We have to understand that when we don't tell, we protect the abuser. So I would say, if your mom is not listening to you, go tell a teacher, tell your neighbor, tell someone in your family, your aunt, your grandmother, tell somebody, and you keep telling it, and you don't and you don't make anybody make you feel like. You're a liar. You just keep telling it, and and that's and I understand how a person um, could tell it in the way they get shut down, that they don't because they don't want to cause a problem or to be picked out or cho- or looked at as a liar. But if it's your truth, you keep telling it, and you just keep saying it until so- somebody eventually will listen to you. That's what I would tell anybody who's going through it right now. You know, and um, there's a, a 1-800 number. It's called it's a 1-800 for a child. I know it's for it says for a child, but I promise you, they have resources. There are for adults who have gone through this ordeal. So. There's a national child abuse hotline, and it is 1-800-4, the number for a child. And that number spells out, I mean, uh, spelling that out and converting it is 1-800-422-4453. Again, that number is 1-800-422-4453, and that is to the national child abuse hotline. Um, and their website is childhelp.org forward slash hotline. So, um, you know, I think that I probably, I, I gave that out to you guys over the airwaves, but I'm going to also put this number in the chat room because we have quite a few people who are in the chat room with us right now. And so um, I'm going to put this out there for you and avail yourself of it. Okay, so um, let's see. Now, here's here's the next thing. Um, you started on your next book, right? No, actually, I haven't. Okay, okay, all right, okay. I, I would like so, to. The reason why is because I would um, I want to keep all my focus on getting this message out. 
And until the, uh, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't start on another book, but I really mm-hmm. right now have that attitude until it is in some level of a proper circulation where it is bringing awareness and educating. I think that I'm going to stay focused on this book because it's very, it, this book is very, very, of course, dear to me. It's always going to be the book. Yeah, I don't see how many other books that I write. It's always going to be the one that is always going to stand exactly. out to me. Exactly, exactly. So, okay. so I, for right now, I'm giving myself a certain amount of time that until I get this book out in circulation on the level in which it, it, it is really being acknowledged, I think that I'm just going mm-hmm. to really stick to, even if I wrote another one, I don't think that I would even put it out until I really get this book out into circulation the way it really should be. Okay. And I, I, I agree with that, and I um, will tell you about why later. But uh, what would you like to see happen with this book? Um, um, at first, when I first wrote it, I said the, um, I would love to see it on the big screen, like the movie Precious or something like that. But why? when I really when – I, when I really, put my book in the category, I really feel like this this is a lifetime movie. I think that it would be appreciated more um, on something like Lifetime, where it would really be given a certain special of attention and you could actually watch it at home and really pay attention to what is going on in my story and pay attention to the structured rules and guidelines. Because the biggest thing is with me with this book is I really want everybody to get it. That is the reason why I self-published, because I didn't want to go to a publishing company and they tear my book apart based on what society can handle. I wanted it to stay raw, in your face. You can't miss it. And not only that, that is another reason why I had included my 14-year nightmare in it, because I realized that when people have an example, they see it more clearly. So that was the purpose, and because I could have just as well has had written a book of rules and left it like that, but I wanted everybody to see clearly. And and something that you mentioned earlier is that people have a tendency, when it, and when it never touched their life, they feel like this is unbelievable, that it didn't really happen, that it don't happen. When you get finished reading my book, you understand totally that it happens. I have the evidence to prove it, <laughs> that it really did happen. So that is mainly that is the way the reason why I went, went about this book the way that I did as far as um, where I would like to see for it to go because my the biggest focus I have for my book is to educate and bring awareness on whatever level that that takes. So I think that it should be a lifetime movie. So tell me the name of the website again for the audience. The name of my website, I mean, the address of my website is www.throughachildi290611.com. And on my um, website, I do have a Ask Me Anything um page for anybody who would like to ask me any questions. I have no problem with asking any kind of question, no matter how personal. Um, and don't ever think there's a such thing as a crazy question. I have um, a blog where I'm always uh, talking and educating and, and bringing awareness 
as far as things that um, I, I, I hold personal to myself and, and, and things that come out in the news and how things kind of happen. Um, so I'm always blogging. Um, I, I always And I answer. I personally answer. I haven't gotten famous yet. <laughs> I personally answer any question that anyone asks me. So I, I do play, um, play president over my website. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I added that information to the chat room uh, for those who are still out there in the chat. I want to thank you guys for staying on uh, with us, and we appreciate your support so much. Um, and Phyllis, again, it has been my pleasure, my honor to um, have you on the show and to have this interview with you. Um, and I am just um I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Um, and I don't know if you want to share anything else, but if you don't, then that's fine. And so if there's anybody else in the chat room who would like to ask any questions, please type your question, and I will you know, address it to Phyllis. And um, also I just you know, want to say to you is that I, too, am uh, someone who has overcome child sexual molestation. And so that's why I was following you. That's why I was following you. And so um, this is not the platform for me to talk about my story. That's why I did not um, mention all of this as we were going through this process. And so this is strictly about your story. Okay, so um, anyone who wants to get any information about me or my story, um, there are links on my my profile here, you're welcome to do that. But I promise you that this will not be the last time I hope that Phyllis comes on the show. So, Phyllis, uh, you've got a place to come, and feel free to come by any time and uh, update us on whatever you're doing, your events. If you need to promote an event, a book signing, or anything like that, or a speaking engagement, please uh, drop us a line and let us know and we will have you back on. Now, this is our introduction um, of Phyllis T. Forrest to the people who have tuned in to Patricia Adams Live. If Phyllis T. Forrest will come back and do another segment on Patricia Adams Live, that would be awesome. So, um, Phyllis, I won't put you on the spot, but if I got a yes, I'll take it. (laughs) I would absolutely love to come back. You just let me know when when, and I'm there. Oh, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, so, again, thank you. And if you have any other closing comments that you would like to share with the audience, um, take it away. I would like to bring to everyone's attention as far as um, the activity that I am um, engaging in as far as my book. For the month, I'm starting March 21st through the end of April, which is Child Sexual Abuse Month. I am starting a Protect Me um, campaign where it would be a <clears throat> excuse me a photogenic um, a, a photographic I'm sorry photogenic a photographic campaign in which um, I'm trying to bring awareness and um, more. Uh, awareness to my book. So that campaign will start March 21st 
to through the end of April. I'm also, I have also, um, I'm in the process of um, doing a short film. Actually, the auditions were today. And I think that that would be available um, for viewing maybe around somewhere the first or the second week or uh, April. I'm just about sure. I have to, you know, something like that may take a little bit of time, but we're scheduled to have that for viewing the first week of April. So that is um, in the direction in which my um, book is going. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep focusing on getting this book out in, in as much circulation as I can, try to get as much acknowledgement as I can. Um, and, and I hope that it makes a very, very big impact on society and this heinous crime that is being committed against our children. I would like to cover the world with a blanket of protection. Thank you, Phyllis, so much again for joining us. Um, Thank you so much for having me. For the listening audience, is that if you would like to share your story on Patricia Adams Live, feel free to send a message through my profile, and um, we will definitely get back to you. Just give us your contact information and the topic that... um, you would like to discuss because um, this is a place where we want to discuss topics that people don't want to discuss and taboo-type topics that are tearing our community and our homes apart. So we want to air it out and we want to give place to those who need to be set free from the bondage, from the pain, from the torture, from the nightmares, from... Um, the health issues that you may be suffering from what you've gone through. So um, don't suffer in silence. You have a place here on Patricia Adams Live. And, again, reach out to me, and I'll reach out to you. Okay? So thank you all again for joining us, and I hope that you will come back and join us again. Uh, Phyllis will tweet any information on the next coming episode that she will do on this air um, wave and we will keep this information up to date. But, again, after the show, probably five to ten minutes after the show, this uh, will go into the archives, and you will be able to download this, and you can listen to it from your um, Microsoft uh, Windows player. It will come down in that format for you, and I also believe that you can download it to an MP3 player as well. So, again, thank you for coming on Patricia Adams Live, Phyllis. And I am going to play the song that really kind of at this point, um, my my heart is just like full. My heart is full. And I just, I don't know. I'm going to play a song called Falling in Love, Falling in Love um, with Jesus, because Girls like us who have gone through things like we've gone through in life, sometimes we fall in love with the wrong people along the way, and we fall in love with the wrong things. But the best thing that ever happened to me was falling in love with Jesus. So if you don't know him, I hope you will come to know him because 
there's no love like the love that Jesus gives. So, Phyllis, I'm going to say goodnight to you and to the listening audience as we go out with Falling in Love. Um, thank you. It is all my deep perfection. Sing it with me tonight. Come on.
Haleluya. 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 Falling in love with Jesus. Glory be to God. Falling in love with Jesus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.